Hey, Don. Welcome to the show. How you doing? I am good. How are you? I'm great. You know, today's been one of those crazy days, like the back-to-back-to-back days. Yes. But I love being able to have conversations with people like you. I was saying to you before we hit record, I don't really do intro calls anymore, but you were referred from a mutual friend of ours who was just one of the most magical people in the entire world. And I knew when we first started talking, I was like, oh, God, I should probably just hit record on our first conversation because all the shit we talked about. So there's a lot that we're going to get into. But hey, let's just start this off. Don, why don't you tell us what you do for a living? And what's one thing that most people don't know about you that's maybe a little odd or bizarre? Okay, so I do coaching. I currently have a fitness and nutrition coaching business and am transitioning to work with personal trainers and nutrition coaches and teaching them how to take their business online, how to start it, how to grow it. As far as I was telling you, like, I'm an open book. I share so much of my life. People that are new to me, what they probably don't know or see as much of anymore is a lot of my faith. I, Hmm. I am, I'm a Catholic lesbian and I'm out. I guess you'd say now I'm out and proud. I don't know. I don't know how that, that goes. I'm, I'm new to the game, I guess. But, uh, I mean, that's definitely, that's, that's different for a lot of people. A lot of people that follow my social media for years, uh, it's very, very faith-based and, uh, I've gotten away from a lot of the faith-based social media, more business purposes. My faith is still hugely important, but yeah, that that throws people sometimes. Sure, that can throw people on. I think it th- should throw people on a good way because faith isn't tied to sexuality. And I think your faith has to be important if your faith is important to you. There are certain people that they just don't have faith at all, and I don't really know how they go through life, but that's a whole different story. Uh, so... <laughs> With you being a lesbian Catholic, and now you're saying you've actually stepped back a little bit from talking about your faith in your social media. Mm-hmm. Why is that? A lot of it was a lot of my target market in my business. I was working with a lot of faith-based women. And yeah. a lot of it was starting to feel a little bit less authentic. Hmm. And so I kind of pulled back from, you know, really there was everything I posted had that faith connotation tied into it. And so a lot of that was just how I morphed through social media. My faith didn't change. It was still who I was. It wasn't, it just wasn't everything that I put out there. Initially, it was everything that was out there. Um, So now my faith comes through in how I speak, how I do things. You know, when I'm in alignment, when I am living fully and authentically, my, my faith will come out. It's shaped how I think and who I am. So while it's not, it's not necessarily in your face, but it's, it's important. Yeah, that's a good good point do you think it was one of those things where that kind of held you back a little bit from coming out uh absolutely um but not necessarily the catholic faith i i grew up with a really strong faith i attended church uh wasn't anything that my family necessarily did as a family it wasn't anything they pushed on me it was really something that i had sought out and when i went to college i had you know been away from church for a long time after i had been married i started going back And really digging into faith at that point, I got connected to a lot of women's groups, did a lot of Bible study, Hmm. went, you know, part of the non-denominational church route, got baptized in a hot tub, you know, did all the things. And I know that for me, a lot of it was, yeah, like being gay is wrong. You're not supposed to be gay. It's okay to have those feelings, but you can't act on them. I was one of those people that that justified it. You know, Hmm. I, I was a dual sport collegiate athlete. I, I mean, I couldn't tell you how many women I played sports with that are now out or were coming out at the time. And I just remember years ago, I was at a field hockey camp with a couple friends and we were sitting in the dorm room and we had this whole conversation. And I remember saying that 
you know, we were talking, you know, whether you're born gay or not. And mm-hmm. I just remember saying, you know, I don't know if you're born that way or not, but we can always choose how we act. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that, that crap comes back to bite you in the ass, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. And I remember sitting there very distinctly with these two women, and we were talking through this. And, you know, the one woman is like, no, it's just wrong. And that woman is out. She's married to a woman. She's got two kids. You know, yeah. the other woman who was very supportive, very understanding, it's like, you two are wrong, is, you know, completely straight, has a family, beautiful family, beautiful kids. Um, and I think a lot of it was just... We didn't know what to do with it at the time, you know, because we lived in in that time and place where we didn't there wasn't an option. I mean, I guess there's there's an option, but it didn't feel like. Sure. What a spot for somebody to go. No, no, no. That's totally wrong. But at the same time, like, and I feel people do this a lot where they're like, no, you shouldn't do this thing. Or they like bitch complain about something. And that's really the thing that they're arguing about in themselves. And that's where, and I mean, clearly that's where she was at. And then for me, I was trying to justify it because I didn't know it at the time. I mean, I'm sure there's some inklings, but it wasn't an option. It wasn't something that I was, I was going to pursue. It didn't matter. So to me, I justified it like, Hey, that's cool. You know, you can have these feelings. You can have these urges just because you have them. Doesn't mean you follow them just because they're there. doesn't make them right. And that's what I really, really believed at the time. And yeah, that conversation still hurts, still hurts to this day. And all the thinking about how many people I shared that view with very openly, Hmm. very out loud. You know, I'm, I'm a middle-class white conservative Catholic girl. (laughs) Shoot. (laughs) I mean, talk about all my friends now. They're like, wait, you're, you're conservative. Yeah. They're like, but you're gay. I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. Again, they don't, (laughs) they don't come together. And so for me, it was just, I, I wonder who, who have I said those words to that I heard, it? you know, yeah. I, you, you look at, look at Paul, look scripturally, you know, how many people did he persecute before he saw the light? <laughs> yeah. Literally, you yeah. know, but, and so for me, it was like, how many people did I hurt with my words, with my thoughts? Who didn't I embrace the way I should have? Yeah. You know, I was always the, you know, uh, hate the sin, love the sinner, but like, <laughs> who says who said when you say crap like that, like you're not really living in love with that person. Yeah. Right. It's like, that's not how it goes. You know, you're, you're judging. And yeah. I look now at all the, all the people that I've, you know, gone to church with over the years. And I'm like, man, I know their deep, dark stuff. And you know, me loving a woman doesn't hold a candle to some of the things that I know about. Hmm. So I'm like, Oh yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. It makes me think of the, um, they're just hypocrites no matter what. And it right. makes me sad to think about how hypocritical people are and how you and I have both been hypocrites at times because we're just unsure of what the fuck is going on in ourselves, let alone stuff outside of us. But we see those things that come inside of us and go, oh, wait a minute. This isn't right. What the fuck do I do with it? I don't know, but I'm told it's not right. But what do you do with it? I don't fucking know. Just yell at them or say something weird. And that doesn't yeah. do you any good. But that's a good point bringing up Paul even because I've thought about that before. He killed tons and tons and tons of Christians and then yeah. spun. Imagine that whole community being like, you're what? Yeah. He's going to kill us all. You're what? And that shift, I, I, I could yeah. only imagine what that would have had to look like for him to give grace to himself to be able to go, right. all right, God, you're calling me to do this. And I believe, but how am I supposed to go through life? After I've done all this, 
that must have been so difficult on him. And now, literally, you and I are having this conversation where you've right. gone through some of that. So have you have you forgiven yourself and have you shown grace to yourself for that? Yes, to myself. I, I still wonder. And I, you know, until we started talking, which is cool where these go, you know, I didn't yeah. really think about all the people that I could have been hurting yeah. along the way, you know. I, I worked in youth ministry for a short time when I lived in Virginia, you know, what was my message to young, you know, teenagers that might've been struggling with this? Yeah. You know, I was, I was giving the party line, right? Like I was reading the talking points. I was yeah. that, that person out there and I did my job really well. And that's kind of nice. scary. Well, a lot of people, um, they're good at doing a job and not good at understanding why they're doing the job and why the thing matters to them. And when you think about just having a deep purpose inside of you to be able to do that stuff, a lot of people don't get to that point. So when you think about how you got to that point, almost like the breaking point of being like, all right, fucking something's got to give. What did that moment look like for you to go, all right, I need to shift this. I need to change it and start to step away from the old you and into the new you. I mean, it, it, there was a lot of tears. Um, I knew when I stopped trying to pray away my feelings, right? Mm. I mean, we're taught pray it away, right? You know, I, for, it, it had been a couple years that I knew that I knew for sure. Okay. And you know, when, when I didn't want to pray it away anymore, when I didn't want to pray away the feelings I was having for somebody, then I knew, I, I knew that I couldn't anymore. Uh, when yeah. I was, I was still attending church regularly. At that, that was the point in time I actually stopped taking um, communion at hmm. church. And part of the reason is, you know, in the, the Catholic Church, you're, you know, supposed to go through confession before you take communion, right? You're supposed to clean your, be absolved of your sins, clean your soul, yeah. especially of that. And, but I also believe that you're not fully absolved if your heart's not there and you don't want to be. And yeah. because I knew I didn't want to be absolved, I'm like, I'm not going to go through the motion because I'm not, I'm not clean. I didn't feel clean at that point. I was struggling with that a lot. And, you know, fortunately I came to the Catholic church late in life and I fell in love. I'm still in love with so much of what the church teaches, not how the people screw it up. People screw things up so badly. I'm still in love with so much of the history and the tradition. And for me, it was also though being reminded, a lot of people think that Catholics don't have a relationship with Christ. They think the Catholics don't have this relationship. It's all this like outside rules and stuff, but we do. And my faith grew so much through my, my conversion process into the, the Catholic church. And for me, it was going back to and remembering like, yes, this is what I'm taught, but we're also supposed to be interpreting what yeah. we read. We're supposed to be, ha- when you're in that relationship, when you're actually opening yourself and listening to what God has for you. And what he's telling you, that's where I found peace. When I finally accepted where I was and I felt peace, that's when I knew that it was okay. And that's when I knew like God didn't make a mistake. Like I fought it. Now, do I think that everybody that has these inklings, I don't even want to talk about what's going on in the world today um, with this indoctrination of children and all of that. But for me, like I know this is who I am. I'm very... I believe very strongly in that. And again, because I had that relationship with Christ and I, I did the work and I know that there's, there's no more fighting it. And when I stopped fighting it, I felt peace about it. 
And it's what the only way I can thing. explain it. Yeah, well, that's pure surrender at that point. And I, I know when people hear the word surrender, that right off the bat, they can think, well, I don't want to just give up. I don't want to just give right. in. But that is absolutely not the case. So what right. is your take on that? I mean, it was really, I mean, I had to follow, I mean, I know I'm going to have a lot of people listen to this and they're going to be like, this is blasphemy. But like, it's, it, this Preach. is God's will. It's God's will for my life right now, right? Yeah. I have to follow what his will is until I stepped into that. I wasn't living fully. And if I'm not living fully, how can I use the gifts and the talents that he's given me? They're not yeah. being used fully if I'm not living fully. And I had to give that piece up in order to, you know, receive all of his graces and then be able to share all of his gifts. And not so, yeah, it, thing to do. Yeah. And it's, it definitely, <laughs> it was definitely not easy, <laughs> but you know, once, I mean, I'm, I'm coming out in a time when it's, it's more accepted, Sure, but I don't think it's any less scary. Oh, I, I could only imagine I, I'm not gay and I haven't come out in that sort of way. So I could only imagine what that's like for you. But I can also understand, yeah, there's a little bit more of an acceptance in some ways, but not fully, you know, right. but no matter what, we as people have things that we just continue to push down deeper and deeper and deeper. And yeah, I haven't come out of the closet to say that I'm gay. That's not my thing. But there have been massive ways that I've abandoned myself and I've shoved all that stuff to the bottom. And it takes a lot of work to be able to trudge it back up. And be able to figure out what the fuck do I do with this shit? And why the fuck did I do it that way before? And again, grace with yourself to be able to actually go through it. But you touched on yeah. uh, reading and going through the Bible. You have that relationship <laughs> with God. There are times, and I'm sure you've had this too, where you read through something, you're like, all right, whatever. You just bypass it. You might read it six months or a year or years later, and you go, oh my <laughs> God. And the thing's like 3D popping out directly in yeah, your face. It's right God's in your like, face. get the fucking point. And you're like, all right, dude, I got it. Yeah, everything, everything just kept pointing in the same direction. It's like, okay, I, I think it's time. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it was it was crazy. I had, you know, I had so much support. I mean, people that have known me, they, they've known my whole life. I hmm. was the one in denial for all the years. I mean, when it was finally shared on social media, you know, probably, oh, there were probably about 300 comments, like 800 loves, you know, all of hmm. that. And probably 200 of the 300 comments were like, we've been waiting 30 years for this or <laughs> it, like, you know, I knew it. I'm so happy. Right. Like all of this, but I did, you know, because I'm so, I was so faith-based and most of my relationships came through friendships through church. Hmm. Not everybody was super supportive of it, but, and I remember having conversations with friends that were like, well, you know, screw them. How dare they say anything to you? And, but the thing is, the women that did, you know, I had two in particular that reached out to me and, you know, they're like, look, like I'm not, I'm not down with this, you know? Hmm. And, and we talked about it and the fact that they had the courage to reach out and still share that. And, and for me, I appreciated that because to me, sure. that's, that's love. Like yeah. for them to reach out to me, that's them showing love. And I have all these friends that just don't understand it. And I'm like, look, this is what they believe. They believe with all their heart that this is a sin and this is going to separate me from God and this is going to keep me from heaven. And for them, like to them, I just cut myself off from God, whether whether that's the case or not. That's what mm -hmm. they believe. And so they're trying to save me. 
And they, they're not doing, they didn't do it in a terrible way. They're like, look, I can't support this. I'm not going to say anything on your page. I love that you're getting love and support. I love you. I'm always there for you. But, you know, if you ever want to talk about this, have a discussion about it, you know, mm. I'm here. And it was two separate calls that I had got that were very similar. And they're the two that I expected it from. Okay. And, but it was, it was powerful. And I tried to explain it to people. Like if, if you see that somebody's sick, right, somebody's dying. And you have the answer, you have the antidote, like you have what's going to cure them and you don't share it with them. You're an asshole. Yeah. Right. Like, how can you Straight say up. you love somebody and you're not going to share? But this is what they believe, whether I, you know, I believe it's a little misguided mm -hmm. right now. That's just where I'm at. But these are two women whose whose husbands are both pastors who they've gone through, you know, theological studies themselves, like they know their stuff as well. And it's what they believe. And I, I'm not going to take that away from them. I, I appreciate that. I respect them so much more for sharing that with me than just giving me this false, oh, yay, yeah. congratulations. I'm so happy for you. Yeah. Wow. What a beautiful real life moment to be able to have those conversations. It's also hyper interesting to understand that people believe such a thing and somebody else that they can say, I love they believe something different and you both individually believe the thing that you believe with all of your heart. Right. It makes me think of just religion in itself and the fucking system that it is. Mm -hmm. You get pumped in just like almost a school system, like the education system. You're pumped in to pump out to be a factory worker and that's how it is. But you have to break out of that to look at things different. And I feel, look, I, some of my audiences, they either know this or they've heard me talk about it before. I'm Christian. I've gone through churches. I played in worship bands for 10 plus years, loved every bit of playing in the church band. But for the most part, I didn't really get the lack of authenticity and the understanding that for the most part, everybody said, you know, we've got, we, we love all and we love all. I'm like, yeah, well, cool. Well, how about, how about we talk about drug addiction or porn addictions or people that have done some crazy shit in the past? And how can you, how can you not love on those people and help those people through that? And a lot of, there's like a, almost that Kool-Aid that's drunk in a sense of like, no, no, yeah. no, no. Well, we were told this is it. I'm like, I get what you were fucking told, but what do you actually believe? And I still think yeah. a lot of people have a hard time understanding what they actually believe because they're not able to go through themselves to do it. So Don, how did you do that? How did you get to your own belief to be able to do it? I mean, I think the biggest piece for me was finding that peace and, mm. you know, that I did have such a strong love for and i spent so much time in the word and i wasn't spending all the time in the word for that reason i just didn't realize that that's what all that time was preparing me for and that's where it yeah. ultimately got me and i had friends at the time you know when i was coming out and they're like well how can how can you still love your church how can you still want to be part of that and i was like well one it's some of the stupid people it's not all of the people right exactly. it's the people yeah. in my opinion that get get it wrong but you know, at the time I was fitness and nutrition coach and I'm like, look, just cause you screwed up one meal, you don't throw it all in, right? Mm -hmm. Like just because you ate the one bad thing doesn't mean you don't continue on your path to do better. Like yeah. I'm still going to work on every other area of my life. I'm still going to, you know, follow Jesus teaching. Now we can get into whether or not that, you know, I mean, scripture's clear. Scripture's like, yeah, no, you don't do this. But there's a lot of other scripture that depending on how you're reading it and how you put it into context, we can talk, you know, that all day. You know, there's yeah. there's theories and beliefs like, look, I see what the government does out there. 
Do I believe that the Bible that we have in our hand today was not corrupted by government at some point in time? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm not. I, that's where I'm going with this. Like, as you're talking about yeah. it, I'm like, look, I get it. And I read the Bible every day. I make sure that I read at least a verse a day. And I understand that I can, I can read the words and go, all right, God, what's the message? What's the thing you want me to get? And sometimes he's just like, I got nothing for you right now. Move along. Other times it's like yeah. this thing specifically. But the Bible has been messed with. It is one mm-hmm. of those things where at some point it might come out. We might not ever know. But there's definitely conversations about what happened back in, what, the 16th century where the Vatican was like, yeah, yeah, we get this. But we're going to omit a bunch of books. We're going to omit a lot of things. and We're going to change things. And that's where I think people can attack the, the faith of it, not even just religion. Mm-hmm. But they go, but yeah, it was written by man and then edited and manipulated by man or just humans right. in general. Like, yeah, totally. But I believe God speaks to us in different ways and shows us different things. Like you were seeing the different signs. Like think about how many times you've watched a movie or a commercial comes on and something is said. and You're like, what? And it's almost like he's talking directly to you. And you're like, oh, shit. And it was a Burger King commercial or something stupid. You know what I mean? Where you're like, what the fuck is that about? (laughs) Absolutely. Well, and even in scripture alone, like, you know, you read one thing, you're like, sweet. I mean, and you can take any piece of scripture and twist it and manipulate it. Yeah. You know, you could, and, you know, that's one of the things that I really did love about transitioning to the Catholic Church. I've been to so many non denominational churches for so long, and I'm like, I mean, to me, a lot of those pastors are pompous, arrogant asses that just want to listen to themselves. They want to build a mega church. And why are they building a mega church? To, to bring fame to themselves, right? To yeah. be seen, not because of the message that they want to share. And I'm like, yo, I sit through this 45 minutes. I don't even not, I guess it's a sermon. I'm like, you shared one verse of scripture that you didn't support with any other verse of scripture. And I mean, I remember going to a church when it's when I was done. I went, it was, it was Palm Sunday. Hmm. Now I get it. Non-denominational churches, they are Bible believing, Bible following, whatever. It was Palm Sunday. And the, the series that we were in, we did not talk about the significance of Palm Sunday. There were no palms. I get it. You don't have to have palms, but, I was like, wait a second, Palm Sunday is in the Bible. Like that is a real like thing that happened. Like the laying of palms, like this is actually very significant. This is one of the most significant, you know, of course, as we're coming upon Easter. And I remember that service so very clearly um, in the, I don't even remember what the series was, but they played a clip from Despicable Me. Okay. And then they did this whole sermon off of this clip from Despicable Me. And I was like, (laughs) yeah, I'm out. (laughs) Like, I can't, I can't do this. Like at least in, you know, as much as as people like to think that Catholics don't know their Bible, a lot of them don't know that they know their Bible because there is so much scripture throughout a Catholic mass, but it's being read to you and yeah. you've got your, you know, you've got your missalette that you're following. So you don't realize how much scripture you're getting throughout the service. You hear the entire Bible over the course of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because things can be given to you in so many different ways. Now, I'm going to do something that I don't do on this show at all. I never like to look at my phone at all. But I felt as we're talking about this, I'm like, all right, what's the verse of the day? I'm like, I don't know, God, just let me let me do this thing. Right. All right. Do it. it. All right. So the Bible app (laughs) Craig Rochelle made years and years ago. There's a daily verse that comes up and I read it 
basically every day, maybe every other day. Like I said, I, I have I have a batch of books that I read every day, and the Bible being one of right. them, Jesus CEO is another one, and there's just stuff that I go through. But I also have a rule of three that I subscribe to that I believe the Holy Spirit, my intuition leads me. If something comes up three times, I have to do something with it. So it's oh, come yeah. up three times while I'm sitting here with you. I'm like, fine, I'll pick up my fucking phone. I'll look at it. So the verse is John 8. Then Jesus turned to the Jews who had claimed to believe in him. Quote, if you stick with this, living out what I tell you, you are my disciples for sure. Then you will experience for yourselves the truth, and the truth will free you. Mm. All right. That's kind of powerful. That's exactly what we're talking about here. Like, yeah, this is about, it's not about religion. It's not no. about what anybody else says or what anybody else believes. It's what you and your relationship with your creator says. And with that, that truth will set you free. And that's not a biblical thing in the sense of like, oh, well, you know, whatever all this stuff says, I just need to follow. It's how you interpret and what you do with it, which just ties into this. Again, I've never, never read a, a verse, a scripture here on a podcast, but this is pretty fitting. And that is extra fitting. That's, like that just ties well, in. And, and how can you have self-mastery if you don't live your truth? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. If you don't have truth. Well, and it's, it's funny because since I've come out, you know, where you would think I would want to dig into scripture more to support my beliefs, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't. You know, I talked to a good friend who has done the digging and done the research. And, you know, she told me, she's like, if you ever need the research, you know, if you need to have those biblical conversations, I'm like, I can have any biblical conversation I want with anybody who knows more Bible than me because it's not about, it's not about just the words. Like, yeah. Anybody of faith knows that the Bible is a living and breathing thing, right? It's alive. And so what it's saying to me and what it's saying to you, and without looking, I don't, does Jesus even ever talk about sexuality? I don't believe he does. I'm trying but, to think. But on that note, think about how many times people will throw shit at you and go, oh, cool. So that was Old Testament, right? Oh, so yeah, from that exactly. perspective, we're not even talking New Testament where Jesus came right. and was like, the reason why I'm here is because you didn't get it. My dad had to right. send a human so that you fucking get it. And now he's going to kill right. me so that you really get it. That's the way yeah, that I look at that. Now, and I could be totally wrong. And I'm sure that we're going to get people pissed off at you and pissed off at me. But hello um, and welcome. And, well, and, and I always and I always just throw it back to like Leviticus. I'm like, dude, like I, I wear cotton like every day. Right. Like, wasn't it cotton you're not supposed to wear because it's unclean or whatever? Sure. Yeah. I also I mean, had bacon. It was delicious. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah, there's there's some things that, yes, you have to take it in context. And I and I don't want to be mistaken for saying that we need to change the Bible to fit today's times. At all. Right? Like, yeah. I don't believe it's in context with, like, today's society. But we need to look mm -hmm. at it in context of the society that it was in. And, again, like, that's why Jesus came. Yeah, good call. So I'd mentioned a couple minutes ago that I have a stack of books that I read through. One of them is Jesus CEO. And in the beginning of that book, the author writes that she saw in a dream, she's just dreaming and just imagined seeing like a white light or whatever, you know, but you can tell there's a person walking towards you. And then the person walked up and had like a t-shirt and blue jeans on. And she realized it was Jesus and was like, what? Why are you wearing jeans? He's like, well, they wore robes and shit. So that's what I wore then. But you wear jeans. So that's what I wear now. Yeah. Like, that's what this looks like. So it's fitting the context of Jesus and the way that our faith is, but it's not right. changing out how things are. But I think context is a, a key that a lot of people right. forget. Where They're like, well, yeah, well, in the Bible, it states this. I'm like, yeah, but the Bible was thousands of years ago. 
the world looked drastically different. They right. didn't have well, the and a lot of those rules. Have. Yeah, and yeah. a lot of those rules were for health and safety reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what about like, uh, the amount of alcohol that they drank, the wine that they yeah. drank? And people are like, you shouldn't drink wine. I'm like, all right, so first thing that Jesus did was the whole wine thing, yeah. and it was the best yeah, was like, wine that they've ever had. Yeah, his first miracle. Like, this is what he did first. Yeah. After he, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, that's what Jesus did first. That was the main God thing. God created first the world, the and then yeah. Jesus was like, hey, I'm just going to. Time to party, turn, folks. <laughs> turn water into wine. He's yeah. like, I don't have a lot of time left here. Let's let's kick this up a notch. It's funny. Have you seen the show The Chosen? You know, I have not got, I haven't gotten into it. I, I want to. Ooh. I need to. I just have not. It's awesome. And it's it's really, really well done. And it's mainly about the story of the disciples around Jesus. But even right. when his mom, Mary, was like, hey, they're running out of wine. Can you do this? He's like, my time's not now. She's like, I get it. But, you know, party, wine. He's like, all right. Yeah. So it's cool to even see some of that and then how they all interacted right. with it. Um, but, yeah, you're totally right. There's health and safety in certain ways. Like the reason why they drank a lot of wine was because the water was bad. They couldn't really drink water. So they drank yeah. wine. And it's not wine like what we're used to. It was probably more of a mead or something like that. But even in that sort of sense, like we have to put context of the things that matter for us. And right. with you being able to go through the space that you're in, I mean, what a, what a crazy journey in a sense for you to be able to go through all this and be as upbeat and excited about everything you are. But to me, it seems like it makes more sense now because you don't have to hide. You don't have to hide right. the bullshit. So if you could look back at yourself from years ago, what would you have told yourself in a nice, loving, or as fucking in direct nice, as you want to be? I mean, you fucking be direct if you want, you know, but go yeah. for it. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's hard to listen to and find yourself when you're trying to follow society's rules, family yeah. rules, you know, traditions, history, you know, all, all of that. I think it's really listening to who you are a little bit more and not being afraid to be you. Hmm. And I mean that it's it's super simple to say. Obviously, it's so darn sure. hard to do. And and it's and I think I would have been a lot more intentional with the people I surrounded myself with. Okay. Um, while I I happened to be surrounded by great people, I was an athlete, so I was around a lot of like minded people. But the older I've gotten, you know, the more personal development I do, the more I grow. It's having the right people around me. Hmm. You know, the, that right wise counsel. The people I don't always listen to. But sure. I need to listen to what they have to say. I kind of digest it. Um, but yeah, really like thinking for yourself, Take, taking what people have to say, thinking for yourself and then, you know, not being afraid to be you hmm. and, act and actually come into yourself. I went too many years where, you know, I was starting to come into myself and then I vanished for like 20 years. Wow. And now yeah. I'm trying to find, find me again through all this. And the, the first step was just being true to me. Yeah. And by you stepping out and doing that, even with the dormant years, there's still stuff yeah. that was processing through, but now you're inspiring other people to do that. So if you could boil right. all that down to one piece of advice for people on their path towards self-mastery, what would that be? It's really finding ways to be in alignment. And alignment has been my, my big word this year because now I'm finally in alignment with who I am. I, in a podcast earlier today, it was funny. I was talking about um, an ex-girlfriend and she was going through my, you know, when you first meet somebody and you're going through social media, you got to scroll and keep scrolling. And she came back and she goes, please never wear a dress again. And I was like, why? She goes, 
you look beautiful, but you look so uncomfortable, <laughs> right? Because I was trying to, I was trying to like live in this other box. I was trying to like be what other people thought I was supposed to be instead of yeah. like now, forget it. Like I'm in a sports bra, I'm in a t-shirt, I'm comfortable. And when I'm comfortable, I'm me. Hmm. And, and so I think it's really just not being, again, not being afraid to be you. Um, you know, don't wear the dress. Can, well, can noted. we make that the I line? Yeah, don't don't I, wear the dress. Don't wear the dress. Don't oh, wear the dress. Good. I mean, I mean that, and I, I think that's, that's just, you know, something that I've just been thinking a lot about yeah. is I'm at my best when I'm comfortable. It doesn't mean you gotta be a slob. I'm usually a slob. Um, <laughs> but, but it's gotta be comfortable. It's gotta be authentic. When I was in a dress, I wasn't authentically me. Yeah. And to be in alignment, you have, you know, your words, your thoughts, your actions need to, to come together. And my thoughts, words, and actions were not aligned for too many years. Yeah. You know, there were pieces, you know, I'd say some good things, but then do the bad things or mm. they, they just didn't all come together. Hmm. What a great way to put that. And I, I like the, the comfort that you're talking about. And obviously there's a balance where you want to be uncomfortable, but comfortable, but you need to be able to mm -hmm. be comfortable with who you are to then be uncomfortable right. with the other things as you continue to grow. And Dawn, you're awesome. Thank you for being on the show. It's been a pleasure having you. you here. I always love when we get to chat about stuff. Uh, Tell the audience, where can they find you and where can they uh, connect with you? Uh, I, I'm old, but I love, like, I love Facebook. I'm still on Facebook all the time. Um, just at Dawn D'Amico, you can find me. I'm the only Dawn D'Amico there. Same thing on Instagram, LinkedIn, easiest ways to get in touch. Would love to chat with whoever um, about this or anything else you want to talk about. Good stuff. And all that stuff's going to be in the show notes. Again, Dawn, it's been a pleasure to have you on. I appreciate your time today. Thank you.